guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It means tonight was AEW Dynamite, and I'm just going to say it. First hour of this show, bored me. Second hour of the show, I thought it was a lot better. So it was like a tale of two shows. Started off boring, but it got good as later, later on as the show went. So that's what I thought. We got Luke over this way. Luke, what did you think of tonight's uh, AEW Dynamite? Honestly, I will say tonight at the end, it was very newsworthy. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. It was a very newsworthy show. And, like, I kind of agree with you. The first hour, I was a little bored. You know, I kept kind of, like, almost, like, dozing off a little bit. And I was, I was just like, all right, this is going to get better. It got better the last hour. I will say that. For some segments that I thought were, were kind of entertaining, like the Adam Cole and MJF stuff, which we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of fun. I saw uh, you were a fan of the Harley Cameron rap. She's a good singer. I will yes, say she she's yes. She's a pretty good singer. I liked it. She's done a lot of like wrestling music. Like she's the Inspirations theme song. She sings that one. She's done a couple different covers with uh, Shotzi and Scarlett. So yeah, she's got a lot of music stuff out there. I thought the the one tonight was all right. I'm not a big rap fan, so I can't really judge it too much, but. I'm going to tell you right now, that opening match, which we'll talk about here in a second, Jericho and Commander, boy, was that clunky. Boy, were they not on the oh, yeah. same page. Ooh, that was rough. That was very rough. Many high spots of missed. But we'll get into it all here in a moment. But I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below, donating Twitch bits, or now you can donate hype chats as well. Just like over on YouTube, you can put a super chat. Well, Twitch has a new feature, same, basically the same thing, but they call them hype chats. You can do that as well. Just support us right here and make sure your question, comment, or concern does get read live on the air. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, well, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember to head over to YouTube and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're trying to pre-order a new game like um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, get an old game like Spider-Man Miles Morales, claim the free game, Grime, Tinge of Terror, or you're looking to get into the battle passes of Fortnite. Fall Guys or Rocket League, use our code PWUnlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. So with that, boom, 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 AEW Dynamite. The show itself immediately opens up, and it's Chris Jericho versus Commander. Commander 
with Alex Eberhantes. I've never seen this before. I don't watch him. I say right now. Most of right now. I don't watch Ring of Honor. I'll catch clips here and there. But I've never noticed Alex Eberhantes come out with Commander. Someone who so I, I tweeted about this thing. Is this the first time or whatever? And da-da-da. And I had one person go, I think they've done it on Ring of Honor. So if they have, cool. And then I just had somebody else comment and go, he just supports all luchadors. Where I'm like, yeah, that ain't true. Because he ain't coming out with Russian Drillistico. Anyways, Alex Eberhantes was there with Commander. Still did the Fiero Miero entrance thing like he does with Lucha Bros. So that was kind of weird because these aren't the Lucha Bros. But oh, this match, I never got into it. I really didn't like it. It was clunky. These two guys did not feel like they were really fully on the same page. And yeah, many a high spots a missed. I'll just say that. I'll just say that for sure. This was literally just a match where let's just give a ra random opponent to Jericho. Let's just throw in Commander. Well, to me, it felt like Jericho probably went out there and goes, I see you got a bunch of high spots. How do I, uh, how do I get in position for you to just do a bunch of your stuff? That's all it felt like. Jericho was willing to make Commander look good. And so he was trying to get in position for all of Commander's high spots. Like when Commander did the rope walk, dive, flip dive thing, he barely, barely, barely hit Jericho with his arm and Jericho sold it. So it's like... Mm. So Commander tried fighting uh, with some strikes right out of the gate, but Jericho quickly regained control only to have Commander do a corner headstand into a drop kick. There's a multi-springboard Hurricane Rana sent that sent Jericho to the floor as Commander followed it up with the 10 Neo. The crowd chanted Y2J as a running knee off the apron connected for Commander. But back inside, Jericho caught him with a forearm shiver in midair. There were some hard chops that led to a brain buster, but Commander fought back with a combo of kicks before being hip-tossed to the floor by Jericho. There's a suplex from the apron back inside that got Jericho a two as he blew a kiss to the crowd. He then flipped them off at the exact same time. Commander then hit a springboard head scissors, but Jericho quickly answered back with two power bombs. There was a missed lion salt that allowed Commander to get a two off of a La Mastrigal, and yeah, a little weird there. There wasn't, like he did the, the cradle and all that stuff, but it, weird getting into it, it felt like. Jericho also caught a charging Commander with a big lariat, and then he went to the corner as Commander fought off a superplex attempt and hit a rope walk shooting star press. Jericho missed his springboard attack and went to the floor as Commander wowed the crowd with his rope walk and, yeah, barely hit Jericho with his arm coming down off of it. So it's like Jericho was standing at ringside. It's not like he had to be on a specific spot. No, he gets there, and Commander's got to find him. And Commander almost didn't find him. Commander throws him back in the ring and gets a two off of it. Um, again, another bad looking spot. Commander tried to do another rope walk leap, but Jericho tried to turn it into a code breaker. He kind of grabbed him for the code breaker, but kind of missed it as well. This was not good looking. Commander did dodge a Judas effect at one point, tried to go for a springboard dragon Rana, but Jericho countered into a lion tamer and pinned him to pick up the victory. So yeah. Also that spot early on where commander does the whole, uh, he's like up on the top rope. He's got the guy's hand. 
and he does the bounce, 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 bounce. How much of a goob does that make the opponent look just standing there? While he's bounce, 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 and he's just waiting. Okay. Uh-huh. There's an indie wrestler that made a joke about that on TikTok. Like, I wish I could find the TikTok now. It's so funny. But, yeah, I've never been a fan of that spot because, like, some wrestlers overdo it. I don't think Commander fully overdid it tonight, but it still makes the opponent look dumb just standing there with their arm up, holding their hand. But, anyways, Jericho gets the submission win. What do you think of the match? I feel like there wasn't a lot of communication in this match, if I'm being completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. It was literally, basically, like I said earlier, it was literally just, Erico needs an opponent, so let's just throw in someone random like Commander. That's literally what right. it felt like. So then we get Don Callis. Don Callis coming out with his weird music that sounds like someone that's turned on their lawnmower at 7 in the morning and woke everybody up. But it's just like buzzing sounds. It's like, and I'm like, oh, it sounds like when you get pissed off at your neighbor for mowing their grass on Saturday morning before the world's awake. But whatever. Don Callis comes out and asks Jericho about joining the Don Callis family. Callis mentioned that they were in a group together 34 years ago with their mentor, Bad News Allen. And then he showed footage, I guess from 1995. But we have no clue what this footage is at all. He doesn't tee it up. He doesn't tell us what it is. He just says, we were in a group with Bad News Allen, our mentor. And oh, hey, look at this video I've got. And it's just them, young, with Bad News Allen. I have no clue what's going on here in this video. They keep cutting between the video and then Jericho and Callus. And then they cut back to the video. And then they cut back to Jericho. And I'm like, what the fuck are we watching here? What the, what the, what the, I am, I'm so lost. And then Callus cuts the video and he's like, you know, bad news. Or Jericho said, I remember exactly what bad news told me there, that we should always stick together. And Callus is like, yeah, he told me the same thing. And I bet you he's smiling up in heaven just with the thought that we could be back together, joining forces. And Jericho basically still told them, maybe. Callus walks off. Jericho walks off. And there we go. What the hell? This is not needed. Like, I mean, it was kind of, excuse me, kind of needed for follow-up from last week, but not in this way. Well, what was that video? Just to show that they knew each other 34 years ago. They were buds all the way back then. I don't know. It, this is weird. Yeah, I mean, could have made it better. Maybe they could. he could have shown, like, a video of them maybe, like, teaming together in a match. I mean, that would have made more sense. Not just like them with like Bad News Allen just like yelling at somebody. I mean, like because Callus didn't tee it up or nothing. He was just like, look at this video. They play the video and then Jericho later has to say, I remember that from 1995. Like Jericho had to tell us that because I had no clue what we were watching the whole time. when they were, And the way they were cutting and back and forth and stuff was just weird. So, I yeah, I, I didn't like it. You think Jericho joins Don? I mean, he's JAS or leaving him. I feel like at this point, you might have to if, J- if the JAS is leaving him. They move forward and they say um, Alex Marvez is in the 
the garage or whatever, you know, the parking garage. And he's trying to get a word with Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Marvez then goes, I've been standing here for the last couple of minutes. I think it's finally time for me to knock on the window to talk to Jack Perry. I'm like, so you just stood there not doing anything for multiple minutes, you nimrod. He knocks on the window. Perry rolls it down. And he's like, ah, this is an unsafe work environment. Uh, I can't be here. And, and then all of a sudden, the door on the other side of the car opens up. Hook jumps in. I thought the Jungle Boy had the best line. So Hook jumps into the other side of the back seat of the car, the SUV. Jungle Boy, or Jack Perry, is trying to open the door, but he can't open the door from the inside. He then yells, child locks, reaches outside the door, opens it from the outside, and runs out. I thought that was so funny, the way he just yells, child locks. He gets out, shuts the door. Hook then tries to open it, can't open it, tries to get out. Hook then falls out of the car or whatever. Jungle Boy gets back in. Jungle Boy leaves in the car. And he basically, Hook looks in the camera and he's like, you can't keep running, Perry, or something like that. So, I don't know. I popped for the child locks line, though. What'd you think? Well, the child, lock, child locks part was funny, but like the, the rest of it, I was like, uh, I, how, I didn't really like this. How different was it from last week? Like, it's the same freaking segment. Right? Yeah. Dude. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not a big fan of, like, healed Jungle Boy. I really, I'm really not. Do you feel the same way? So I'm not going to say I'm not a fan. I just feel like we got that first promo. That wasn't horrible. But then they've really not done much. Like, they've done stuff every week since. But... These last two weeks have kind of just been meh. So I don't know if I don't like him as a heel or it's I don't like the way he's being used yet because we haven't really got to see much of him as a heel. It's more of just him running away. Like the first promo, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought, you know, there was rooms for improvement and stuff and he's learning how to cut a heel promo. But then last week and this week, they basically did the exact same angle, just shot it differently. And... He didn't really do or say much. So I'm still going to give it time. I'm still going to give it time. From the back, and they send it to Renee Paquette, who stops Don Callis, who's on the phone. And she's like, I want to get your reaction to what happened with you and Jericho out there. And do you maybe have an announcement to make about that? And he was like, well, no, but I do have another announcement to make. Later on tonight, I'm going to come out, and I'm going to be all by myself when I announce the fifth member of the Blackpool Combat Club team for Blood and Guts next week. And Renee's like, are you sure that's a good idea? You know, Kenny Omega could show up. He's in the building. He can come out there, and you're not afraid of him all by yourself? And he's like, ha, how am I afraid of a coward like Kenny Omega? I'm not afraid of him at all. And then they send it back to, they send it back to commentary, <clears throat> Where Tony Schiavone goes, well, from one idiot in Don Callis to another in MJF, we got a video of him and, and Adam Cole bonding this past weekend. But not much to that backstage little interaction with Don and Renee. Any thoughts? Mm. No, not really. It's mainly just him saying, like, I found the fifth member and yeah. I'm going to announce it later tonight. Well, speaking of M, go for it. 
will say this though. I'm kind of shocked that Tony Khan wasn't the one announcing the fifth member. I kind of thought he would. No, I knew it would be the teams would announce their own teammate. So speaking of Adam Cole and MJF, we got another bonding session. This time they were at a bar. They were taking shots, and four women walk by and acknowledge them. They're like, "Hey guys, hey, hey guys," and MJF looks and he goes, "Hey, if uh, my math is right, that's two ladies for you and two ladies for me." And Cole's like, "No, um, I love Brit, and I'm not gonna do anything to mess that up or anything, or whatever." And MJF's like, "Oh, more for Daddy. That's four women for me then." And so he walks off. He's got all four women or whatever. Comes back. He zips up his pants and he's like, yep, they got to go on the, the maximum ride. And Adam Cole's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't need to be talking like that in public. Also, earlier before this, uh, MJF kept asking Adam Cole, why aren't you wearing the shirt? Adam Cole said he lost the shirt. Then when MJF comes back from fucking the ladies, presumably whatever, Adam Cole's like, I got to I, I gotta tell you the truth. I didn't lose the shirt. I just didn't want to wear it. But... I will wear it if you do what I want to do next. And I knew exactly where this was going. Adam Cole is going to ask him to play video games. I knew exactly where it was going. And so they go back to, I guess, the hotel room or whatever. And MJF's pissed. He's like, what? Uh Uh-uh. I'm going to be some virgin nerd playing video games. And Adam Cole's like, well, come on. Just give it a shot. I mean, your stats in the games are... Or he's like, your stats in the game's really good where uh, AEW's game don't have stats for wrestlers. So, yeah, that's a, not a thing. Anyways, so they're playing. They're doing a tag team match. <clears throat> it's them two against FTR. And they're like, you know what? We can do this. We can win this tournament and win the tag titles. And then they win the tag titles in the game. High five to end the segment. And, yeah. That's four or five minutes that were just there. Like, it was kind of funny. But I could see a lot of people liking it. It wasn't for me. I'll just say that right now. That wasn't for me. I I could I could take that segment and leave it, whatever. However the, the line is. Take it or leave it, whatever. What do you think of the segment, though? I couldn't lie. When I knew, like, Adam Cole was going to say, like, yeah, I play video games. Mm. I thought they were going to end up at, like, Dave & Buster's or something. See, that would have been funny. That would have been really funny. But, I mean, you got to push that AEW video game. You got to try and sell copies. Where, if you paid attention during the commercial break, they actually told you if you go to the TBS website, you can actually enter in to win a free copy of AEW Fight Forever. But. I mean, I, I, will, I keep hearing that there's a lot of bugs in the game, so it's probably just their way of trying to, like, promote it even more. Oh, yeah, I still have the bug where I'll be playing the game and I'll go to move my wrestler, like, say, to the left and it'll just randomly go to the right instead. I still have that bug. I still have the bug almost every two or three games I play. So, not every time I play, but, like, every two or three matches, I get that bug where my wrestler walks the wrong direction. Like, what the hell? Keep seeing, like, when someone else is playing the game, like... They'll be out of the ring in like a ladder match to grab a ladder, and their wrestler just in the ring. They'll be standing up, and they're just like frozen for oh, some reason. Oh yeah, no, I, I won't. I won't play ladder match. Ladder match is broke. Ladder match is broke. 
Like you could try to do a superplex off the top, and you fall. You you, you go to do the superplex. You fall off the ladder, but you're then standing in the ring, and you do the superplex through the ring. It's happened to me like five times. I've given up on ladder matches in that game. Maybe not five times, sure I, but multiple times. I'm pretty sure, like, Kenny Omega did say, like, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm pretty sure he did say, like, we've seen everyone's feedback on the game, and we'll work on trying to, like, fix everything. Well, well I mean. Even better for you guys. What are they going to say? Oh, we know the game's broken in some ways, but uh, just play it anyways, no? I mean, that's the blanket statement. As long as they fix it eventually, we'll see. Uh, since Saturday in the Twitch chat says Adam Cole is a total gaming nerd. What's wrong with that, buddy? I'm a gaming like, do nerd. Do you not see his, like, Twitch? You ever watch there'll be times where he, do you, like, like There will be times where he has his old, like, Nintendo book saying, like, this, like, console was created in, like, mm -hmm. this year and stuff. Like, he really goes in details about, like, certain gaming consoles and right. stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let's move forward. We have a semifinal match in the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. It's Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara against Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Now, this was a good match. This is when the show for me started to turn itself around. Fast opening sequence here with Cassidy and Guevara as multiple arm drags led to both men posing. At one point, uh, Sammy tried to put his hands in his pockets or in his underwear, whatever you want to call it, his tights. And we thought maybe Orange was going to do the same thing. And then he grabs him for the headlock. Allen jumped in at one point and took out Garcia on the floor with a low, uh, low tope and got a few roll-ups on Guevara before Garcia tripped Allen up and smacked Cassidy into the barricade. Garcia then hit a spinning front chancery on Allen and kept him isolated throughout the commercial break. Guevara then whipped Allen right into Garcia on the apron as Allen hit a code red, but didn't realize Garcia had made the legal tag. The tables had turned as Garcia missed a corner charge and ran into Guevara as Cassidy made the hot tag to run wild. Garcia blocked the DDT, but was dropped with the Michinoku driver by Cassidy for a two. Garcia dodged an orange punch and got a body scissors into the dragon tamer. Cassidy escaped, hit a stun dog millionaire, followed it up by a stunner from Allen. Guevara then jumped in and almost immediately planted with a beach break as Garcia and Cassidy traded roll-up crucifix pins both before colliding with a big boot and a double-down spot. Allen and Guevara then made the tag and clonked heads with everyone as they were all now down. Guevara at one point hit a pop-up knee, but missed a follow-up shooting star press. Guevara locked on a dragon tamer. No, Garcia locked on a dragon tamer. Uh, at ringside on Cassidy as Prince Nana walked to the ring and told Garcia to lay Cassidy out with Allen's skateboard. And I'm like, what the hell is Prince Nana doing out here? Am I missed something? Why was Prince Nana out there? Because the whole they're building up Swerve and Darby. Well, I mean, Swerve I did think, eventually come out. I mean, maybe, but I I can honestly see them just building Swerve, Swerve and Orange Cassidy again. Maybe. Well, I, I don't think know. they're gonna probably build like Swerve and Brian Cage versus Darby and Nick Wayne. And this was like the first or, little tease of it. Or why not swerving Gates of Agony against uh, Orange Cassidy, Nick Wayne, and Darby? You can do that too. But I kind of would rather have Cage in there than both Gates of Agony. Cage should buckle bomb freaking Sting. 
That's what he should do. Anyways, there's a tug of war at one point with Darby's skateboard uh, with Allen and the ref and Garcia. Swerve then came out kind of out of nowhere and hit Allen with a running knee before escaping with Nana through the crowd. Guevara, who was unaware of what happened, hit the GTH on Allen and got the pin. So there we go. Basically, Orange Cassidy and Darby got screwed. And I'm like, okay, this is a regular match. That's one thing. But it's a tournament. Like, don't do this bullshit in your tournaments. Twice in one night, basically. What did you think yeah, of the match overall? I, I, the match was, like, just a match. Like, just, like, one of those, like, regular matches that you see. And then, like... Like they focus too much on the outside interference and like yes. the actual match itself. And that's what I don't like. And they did it in the Ruby freaking Sky Blue match too. Another tournament match. They fucked up. So what they didn't mess up was this very good Nick Wayne training video, I guess you can call it. We got a Nick Wayne video. He's shown in his garage where he grew up training, his dad's school, basically, talking about when his mom sat him down and told him, your father has passed away, basically. He's like, N-. basically, he's like, my mom sat me down on the apron right where I'm sitting here and said, you know, your father had heart issues. You know, he had two open heart surgeries. Well, your father's no longer with us. Nick said he wondered what was going to happen next as he didn't have a father figure any longer. Nick said that he wants to continue the legacy of the Wayne name and they showed footage of him training with Darby. Nick said that he's been ready for this moment his entire life. This is the first time he stepped into a wrestling ring at six months old. I loved it. Just like the last week's video, another great hype video that let us know who Nick Wayne is. I loved it. Oh, yeah, I, I did too. I also like that they're showing all the footage of him like training with his dad and stuff. Yeah. I liked it. When he's like eight, nine, ten years old. So, Renee's in the back with Adam Cole, who was on the phone trying to explain to Britt Baker what happened when he went out with MJF at the bar. Roderick Strong then walked in and asked if he's really falling for MJF's bullshit. As Cole said that he has nothing to worry about. MJF isn't a, isn't, isn't a half-bad guy, he said. Strong and Cole has issues when they first met, and now they're best friends, basically. He's like, so, maybe anything can happen here. Cole cut strong off when he got a text message from MJF wanting to hit the double clothesline before rethinking that after seeing Brian Cage in the hall. Cole walked off to call MJF when Strong and Paquette just kind of shook their heads like, he don't get it. He doesn't understand what's going to happen. So, yeah. Is Roddy going to be the one to actually go heel here and turn on Cole and attack Cole? No, I think I think eventually it's going to be MJF turning on Adam Cole, and then Adam Cole is going to just apologize to Roddy and saying like, "Hey, you were right, all right." We'll see. I mean, it'd be interesting if, in the end, Roderick Strong attacks Adam Cole for not listening to him, and MJF comes to his his aid. I mean, if you do that, then it's like, all right. Now, what do you do with Roddy? Just have him feud with Adam Cole for a little bit, then, like, what do you do with him, like, as an actual, like, singles guy? I mean, him versus Adam Cole would be really good. I'll say that for sure. 
then yeah, it's like after that, it's like I just don't yeah, know what they would right. do with him. True. Throw him in Ring of Honor. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing, but it would be pretty bad if they did that, though. Um. So, next up, we had another semifinal match in the AW Blind Tag Team Eliminator Tournament. AW World Champion MJF and Adam Cole took on the team of Brian Cage and Big Bill. Cole took his jacket off to reveal the Better Than You Baby t-shirt that MJF gave him. MJF got the crowd to chant for a body slam, which in fact didn't happen when he tried it on Bill. Cole and Cage tagged in and took turns doing push-ups, which Cole did more, and that kind of enraged Brian Cage before MJF and Bill tagged back in. MJF failed on another body slam attempt as Bill told MJF not to have Cole show, show him up and do more push-ups. Bill immediately punted MJF into the ribs and kept him isolated during the commercial break. Bill then ripped off MJF's shirt when we came back from the break, and that's what caused MJF to hulk up and hit the big-time body slam. So they really built up to that spot, like, can he do it? Can he do it? He can't do it. Can he do it? Can he do it? He can't do it. And then finally, yep, he can do it, and that really popped the crowd, where this crowd was quiet for a lot of this show, but that got them going. MJF floated over, a cage lariat, got an eye poke and a hot tag to Adam Cole, who hit a series of pump kicks and an eye poke of his own. Which is very interesting. The babyface doing a little dastardly heel move there. Cole and MJF both yelled for the double clothesline, but Cage put the brakes on it, and it was Bill who connected with a clothesline of his own. Cole and MJF escaped a double clothesline and hit some super kicks, as Cage hit a Simone drop and a follow-away slam combo. Cage ate a super kick on the apron as MJF hit a heat seeker while Cole lowered the boom and picked up the victory. So they still haven't hit the double clothesline. Is that going to be the move that wins them the tag titles or just the tournament? Just the tournament. I, I honestly don't see them winning the tag titles. I don't. Yeah, I mean, they, me neither. Or, I thought of an idea, actually. Go for it. Let's say they win the tag titles and they're doing their whole celebration. MJF turns on Adam Cole like after their celebration and stuff. Then like Adam Cole just says, says uh, you know what? I'll just be a tag team champs with like Roddy or something. Wouldn't be a bad idea, would it? I mean, mm, I see where you're coming from, but I feel like they would rather strip them of the belts if they're not going to want to work together than just giving it to one guy and then letting him pick a new partner. So I feel like they would rather they win, they then break up, then the titles get vacated, and then we go with figuring out new champions. That's what I think they would rather do. But I could see, of course, they win the tag titles. MJF makes it seem like him and Adam Cole, the best buds in the world, and then that's when he turns on them on the same night. I still think this is all leading to Adam Cole challenging MJF for the title at All In in Wembley. That's the big world title match for or for All In. Actually, uh, I think that will happen. Like, if they do win the belts and then, like, MJF does turn, what they could do, they can set up a tournament that can lead to, like, All Out. Let's mm -hmm. say FTR wins, gets the titles back at All Out. And, like, let's say CM Punk 
faces MJF for the world title that same night. Punk wins, and at the end of the night, FTR's with them, and they're all holding their championships. That'd be pretty cool. So, post-match, we had some stuff will go on. Much like last week, MJF got the crowd to chant for Cole. Said, do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. Adam Cole, baby! He did the thing. MJF put over their new team uh, tag team shirt. As Cole said, it was story time with Adam Cole, baby. Never in Cole's dreams did he expect to be a tag team with MJF and have that actual team work well together. But he was high, he has high expectations on the two of them winning the tournament and winning the tag team titles. He said if they stay on the same page, Cole promises that they're looking at the new champions. Cole and MJF hit the go-home line together saying, we're better than you, baby. As we see Roderick Strong watching backstage, very annoyed. Just going to put that out there. He looked very annoyed. I could also see maybe like Roddy's just like, I get mad at MJF and then MJF's like, what are you talking about? I'm a good guy, man. Right. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Roddy in this. Yeah. It really is. It's going to be, a little, I think that's going to be a pivotal thing within this to get them to set up the title match. Whatever Roddy does. Renee Paquette is backstage. Uh, Go for it. Kyle says <clears throat> they need to sign Bobby Fish. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, I don't even know if Bobby Fish wants to go back, to be completely honest with you. I highly, highly, highly doubt they would even consider it. If Kyle O'Reilly was back and healthy, maybe, but like probably not even then, if I'm gonna be honest. I'm sure they probably just want to use Kyle O'Reilly as a single star than having him as a tag team because when they when they first got him, they used him as a single star a lot. Former RH world champion. Renee Paquette is backstage with Jake Hager outside of Chris Jericho's locker room. Hager said that Jericho knows we're coming in and asked if Jericho is considering. And then uh, she asked, you think Jericho's really considering joining Don Callis' family? Jericho uh, said that Callis is making some good points, mentioning the history with them and Bad News Allen, and said that he needs some time to think this over. Hager then took off the purple bucket hat and said, years ago, I saved your life in Abu Dhabi. And then you brought me here to AEW four years ago. Until Jericho can give Hager a straight answer on what he wants to do, well, he can't stand by his side. And he handed, Jer- handed Jericho the hat and walked off. So, the JAS is slowly splitting. What happens with Jericho? Does he go to Don or does he not? <clears throat> My biggest question is what happens to all these other guys? I mean, Sammy, still use him as a big single star. Garcia, and like, like 2.0. Garcia, what do you do with them? Garcia's going to be a big star eventually. I think they're slowly building him up. I think they are. But 2.0, they're just going to be the comedy guys that are going to show up here and there periodically. Hager, they're probably not going to do much with him because he's, I think he's training for a fight, for a Bellator fight right now. So that's why we've seen him very sporadically. But they're just going to all do their own things, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I can honestly see maybe Garcia. They're probably going to put him in the ring of honor a little bit. Maybe have him win a world title. 
Ooh, him beating Claudio for the title would be not a bad idea at all. I actually would like that. It would be cool, but also I think it's going to be Mark Briscoe because they're fighting death before dishonor. Yeah, I can see that. It's going to be Mark Briscoe beating him. But then we had a, an Owen Hart tournament semifinal match. It was Ruby Soho against Sky Blue. Boy, did they just do too much bullshit. I'm going to say it right now. Too much crap with outside interference. It should have been a disqualification. Anyways, Blue avoided a ripcord early on and slapped Soho in the face before finding herself on the apron. Storm ran some distraction but failed as Blue kicked her in the face, basically. And then she took out Soraya as well. Storm tossed Blue into the ring. Um, Yeah, so... Not much happened during the chunk of bulk of this match, but then at one point, they're all on the outside, kind of. The referee is looking right at Ruby Soho and Sky Blue on the apron. Ruby throws Sky Blue off the apron, basically. Tony Storm then grabs her, throws her right into the steel steps, and the ref is just watching this all like this, just watching, just watching. Not looking away, not being distracted, nothing. The ref just watching the whole thing. Sky Blue gets thrown into the steel steps, which should be a disqualification, but instead he goes, you, and he points at Tony Storm. You, and he points at Saray, and he's like, you guys are being kicked out. You're out of here. And I'm like, that's it? I get kicking them out because you, no, that should have been a disqualification Hands down. Not a, we're going to kick you out. Like, if he wouldn't have saw it, but had the assumption and the thought of they may have done that, but I can't fully say it because I didn't see it, kick him out, whatever, good. But we know this motherfucker watched it. He watched it happen. And all he does is kick him out instead of telling them to call for the DQ. So dumb. So dumb. So then, Sky Blue's up against the steel steps. Ruby grabs her and starts bashing her knee into the steel steps. Throws her back into the ring, and they go from there. Go to a break. When we come back, Blue had managed a thrust kick with the good leg and hit a nice neckbreaker for a two. Soho avoided a step-up knee and kicked the bad, le- bad leg out from under Sky Blue, but Blue, uh, as Blue was trying to go for a code blue. Only to have a Soho counter into a single leg crab. Blue then got to the ropes and dropped Soho with a spinning full Nelson slam for a two. As Blue went to the ropes but was crotched by Ruby Soho. Soho then hit a no future off the middle rope. And Pinder to advance to the finals of the tournament. But again, too much outside interference. And it's like, that should have been a DQ. What did you think of the match? <clears throat> Yeah, I didn't like this match. Originally, I would have had Sky Blue win. Well, I really want Sky Blue to win because then you could have had Athena, Willow Nightingale, and maybe try to set up maybe Athena and add it to the Outcast. No, it's 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 the finals. So Ruby had to win because the finals is her and Willow. Like that's very obvious. Yeah. But I mean because Willow. Couldn't work collision last week because of her injury. And they made a point to say, hey, we're going to try and move this match to next week. 
Because, like, instead of just saying, nope, she's too hurt, she's got to forfeit her spot, Athena actually goes to the finals, this and that, da-da-da. But now we're seeing that, no, Willow had to get cleared and has to do the match with Athena because she's going to the finals. So, I mean, Athena versus Sky Blue would have been good. But, I mean, we've been building up Ruby versus Willow for how long now? And to make that the finals makes a lot of sense. I feel like maybe Ruby might win. I have a feeling as well. I just, I have a feeling Ruby wins, but I don't want her to win with like a bunch of interference. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping the finals doesn't have too much interference or any whatsoever. Like if there's a little where they try and Willow thwarts them and the ref sends them out within the first like two, three minutes and was like, no, we ain't playing this game. Go. That'd be fine. If, like, they try to get at Willow, but they're unsuccessful, referee throws them out, okay, that's fine. And then we go another, what, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. But if there's them trying to do all this for, like, 10 minutes in this match, that that's a no-go. At least in my opinion. So, as we move forward, QT Marshall. Actually, I'm going to let... You take this one, because I'm not the rap music fan. I thought this was okay, but what do you think of Harley Cameron's music video? I thought it was pretty good. Like, she's normally a pretty good singer. Like, yes. she's done a lot of music. She's done a Departy theme song, the Uno one. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were, like, promoting. She did, she did the Inspiration theme song. She did a song with uh, Shotzi and Scarlett Bordeaux that WWE posted. She does a lot of music, and music's pretty good. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. And this song that she did tonight, I mean, it wasn't her best song that she did. It was still a good song, but it wasn't her best. She right. made better music, though. I will yeah, say she's that. Done, I'm pretty sure she's done two or three things with um, Scarlett and Shotzi. I know two for sure. Like, they did the one that WWE helped promote, the I Put a Spell on You. And I know there's another one, but I can't remember what the song was. <clears throat> but then, they do that. They're building still, you know, QTV versus the Acclaimed. But even better, we get Swerve Strickland versus Nick Wayne. This match was so good. This match was so good. I have seen the people on Twitter going, why did Nick Wayne lose? Nick Wayne should have won. There's, I, it's building something bigger. Nick Wayne losing is building something bigger. I think it's going to end up being Swerve and another person of Mogul Embassy against Nick Wayne and Darby Allen. Which, I just hope that they don't do the whole, well, Nick Wayne is just the, for all intents and purposes, little brother character to Darby. And Darby's got to take care of him. And Darby's got to show him the ropes. I just hope they don't do that. And make him seem just like some like apprentice to Darby, and not let him stand on his own because we know he can. That's my one fear with Nick Wayne. But this match really good. So Nick oh, yeah. Wayne, Nick Wayne did come out with Darby. Darby, you know, 
Gave him a big hug whenever and said, go get him. They showed his mom at ringside. Commentary talked about the history between Swerve Strickland and Nick Wayne on the independent scene. And they started this match off just like I expected. Lightning quick. Series of counters into a stalemate that got the crowd popping. Wayne hit a snap hurricane run and a leaping uppercut, but soaked in the moment a little too long, which allowed Swerve to attack. Strickland was sent to the apron as he nearly got a DVD, but Wayne countered into a Hurricane Rana that sent Strickland flying to the floor into a commercial break. Back inside, Wayne had his legs kicked out from under him as he was hung on the bottom rope, and then Swerve hit him with a low neck breaker on the floor. Strickland lit up Wayne with some strikes until Wayne hit a Superman forearm and a shotgun dropkick. Strickland blocked a springboard stunner, but Wayne encountered into a, sli- a standing slice bread for a two. Wayne went for his Wayne's World springboard cutter, but Strickland had it scouted and caught him in midair and hit him with the torture rack backbreaker. A couple of them, actually. Uh, the crowd is loudly behind Wayne at this point, as commentary is telling us that these two have worked so much together in the past that they just know what each other is going to do next, and that's why they're countering each other so well. <coughs> Um, Darby then comes back out to cheer on Nick Wayne. Wayne fought out of the corner with a massive avalanche poison Rana, followed by a Wayne's world, but Strickland got his foot on the bottom rope at the very last second. Now, I wasn't a fan of the camera angle here because we didn't actually see the foot on the rope at first. The ref just goes one, two, and then we think he hits three because they're, they're using hard cam here and they're on the other side of the ring. And he... Looks like he hits three, and then he calls it off. The foot's on, and then eventually we notice, oh, the foot's on the rope. So maybe they could have done a different camera angle there. I don't know. Both men then go up the ropes again, but this time Strickland countered a super hurricane runner into a super powerbomb. He goes for the last kick, but Nick Wayne kicks out at two. Strickland smirks, and he looks over at Darby like, look what I'm going to do to your boy. Watch this. And he snapped the left arm back of um, Nick Wayne, basically making us think like maybe he, um, what's how do we say it? He dislocated the shoulder or something. He hits him with the JML driver and pins him while still staring at Darby to pick up the victory. They then show uh, Nick Wayne's mom concerned in the front row. Great, great match here. And I can't wait to see what this actually builds to. With Swerve, Darby, Nick Wayne, and so forth. Again, I just hope that they're not making Nick Wayne some guy that's going to always need Darby's help. Or Darby needs to be there to motivate him. And he he needs Darby, you know. I just hope they don't use Darby too much as a crutch for Nick Wayne. What do you think, though? I like the match. It would be cool, though. Say in the future, like Nick Wayne and Darby wants the tag titles. Oh, don't even. Oh, I didn't think about that, but that'd be freaking awesome. Oh, man. That would be awesome. Because, like, RB was the guy that helped get Nick Wayne into, like, AEW, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. So, like, that would be really good, like, story, like, building right there. It doesn't have to be, like, this year, but maybe, like, next year. <clears throat> right. They can, like, build towards it. Oh. Like, they still got time. Ethan in the YouTube or the Twitch chat says, Nick got the graphic. But Nick didn't need the graphic because he was already given a contract, and we watched him get that contract on the Defy show. 
So, yeah, he got the graphic, but he didn't need the graphic because we've known for the last year and a half that he's officially been signed. He just had to wait till he was 18 to make his debut. Same with Billy Starks. They signed her before she was 18, technically, and she just had to wait till she was 18 to start <clears throat> because the nature of being actually signed compared to just working for a random wrestling indie promotion. So, but yeah. Very doing, cool. I like. I believe it. they're doing the same with like Brody Lee's son as well. They signed him to like a kind of maybe. Sword. I don't know exactly. I mean, he's so young. He trains with WWE wrestlers. He's over there with with Natty and TJ training at their school and stuff too. So, like, I've seen video of him in the ring with Liv and whatnot. So, who knows what they're gonna do? I mean, um. What's her name? His mom. I can't remember her name all of a sudden. She works for the company in a couple different roles, so. <clears throat> Amanda Huber. Yeah, they're... That's her name, Amanda Huber. So. so, yeah, they're probably just waiting for, like, him to turn 18 so like, yeah. he can make his debut. We'll see. He's still got, like, another 10 years. He's only, like, 8 or 9. Or maybe, maybe he's 10 now. Something like that. He's, he's still very young. So... And then get the main event angle, the main event segment, finding out who the fifth men are on both sides of blood and guts. Don Callis comes out with his lawnmower music all by himself and said that Omega and the Elite deserve what will be coming to them at blood and guts as Omega is a coward and a punk. And well, right on cue, this brings out Kenny Omega. Omega comes down and before he can actually get to the ring, He's attacked by Konosuke Takeshita and John Moxley. Then we see Pack with a steel chair. Pack has made his big return and is the final member of the Blackpool Combat Club team for Blood and Guts. Omega was rolled into the ring and had the boots put to him by Moxley, Takeshita, and Pack. Interestingly, no Claudio, no Wheeler. So they're trying to pilmanize him. They put the um, chair over his neck. Pack goes to the top like we think he's going to get go for the black arrow. And then Moxley goes, oh, by the way, who's your final member? Or whatever. He asks him. He puts the mic to Omega's mouth. And Omega's like, look at the screen. Watch the video. And boom, they tell us he's coming. He in Kota Ibushi. They then let us know that Kota Bushi is the final man, and we're not getting just the elite. We are getting the golden elite. So does that mean I have to wear my Golden Lover shirt next week for the review? Right ahead. So we learned that the golden elite will be taking on the Blackpool Combat Club next week. Then the rest of the normal elite do come out, the Young Bucks and Hangman Page, as they run off. Um, Moxley, Takeshita, and Pack and Callus. Page then said, "Next week, they enter. They end this once and for all." Omega then gets to his feet and takes the mic and says, "Blood and guts will prove that people like the BCC will never prosper. As once everyone is down and out, Omega will be coming for Callus." He then does his goodbye and good night. So yeah. It is going to be officially John Moxley, Claudio Casagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Konosuke Takeshita, and Pac taking on Kenny Omega, 
the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Kota Ibushi finally making his All Elite Wrestling debut. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> so, back joining Blackpool Combat Club at first, I didn't think I, I would like the idea because there's really like no story. There is. It, but now, like, well, at first we didn't know that. Well, no, we did. Said, I've, I've thought that for the, so I kept getting asked, who's the final member of Blackpool Combat Club? Who do you think is the final member? And I'm like, a lot of people don't make sense. And then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, well, Pac, don't forget. And Pac's nose was broke by the elite. So he is the one guy in this company that hates the elite probably just as much as the BCC. So it's like, and then he eventually did say that in his little promo tonight. Hey, you shattered my nose and now I'm coming for you. So, yeah. Like over the last I couple only... of days, people started kind of figuring out that it probably could be Pac. Well, not only did his nose get shattered by the elite, but he took away his gold. True. Very true. So, Pac now with like, guess with Pac now with like Blackpool Combat Club and like Don Cal, does that mean he's no longer, is Death Triangle like completely done? Well, I don't think this is him joining the BCC. I think it's just a one-off thing. He hates Kenny and the Young Bucks just as much as the BCC. So he's like, hey, you need a fifth man? I want to beat their asses. Let's do it. I think it's just a one-time thing. And then Death Triangle can go back to whatever they were in a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't think he joins Blackpool Combat Club. Right. I can honestly see it maybe. Maybe joining Don Callis, though. Maybe. But a big match, a good match for, and they're building on, because I was thinking maybe put him back with the Lucha Bros and then have Death Triangle versus the House of Black for the trios belted all in. But they're really building Andrade and two partners against the House of Black. Like they're, they're really hyping up that Andrade is going to end up challenging for those titles probably at the pay-per-view. So I don't know. Andrade, Roosh, and... In advance. I mean, it's possible. Los Ingo Branables. Or maybe in Rouge and Drillistico. But it's just, cool. it, it is weird, though, that they've been doing all this stuff with Andrade and the House of Black, and no one's come to his aid. So it is a little weird. But with that, that's everything that happened on Dynamite. We got some stuff announced for Rampage and Collision. As far as this week's Rampage does go, we have a semifinal match in the Owen Hart Cup tournament for the women's side of things with Willow Nightingale taking on Athena. We also do know Lance Archer will go one-on-one with Trent Beretta. Kenosuke Kesta will be in action. Naturally Limitless, Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes will be taking on the team of Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. We will be hearing from the AEW Women's Champion, Tony Storm, and we will also hear from the Dark Order. As far as Collision does go, we do have a two out of three falls match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships as FTR will be defending against Bullet Club Gold Switchblade Jay White and Juice Robinson. In the finals of the Men's Owen Hart Tournament, we do have CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. And finally, we do know that in the finals of the Women's Owen Hart Tournament, it will be Ruby Soho against the winner of Willow Nightingale and Athena. Also, following Collision, we do know that it will be Battle of the Belts. Only one match has been announced for that hour-long episode, that hour-long show, where Luchasaurus will defend the TNT Championship against Sean Spears. And then, of course, next week, Boston, the TD Garden, it's blood and guts. With that, that was Dynamite.
Any closing thoughts while I refresh these polls? Um, I don't believe so. <laughs> so you know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 100% liked the show. Good to see. 100% liked the show. Looking over at the Twitter poll, 62% liked the show. 20% didn't like the show. And 17% thought it was just all right. As we look over at the YouTube community poll, 70% liked the show. 17% thought it was just all right, and 14% did not like it. Some of the comments here says 7 out of 10. Can't wait for blood and guts. The person says, good thing it's hump day because Sky Blue got a great butt. <laughs> um, this person here says, I like the show, but end for fifth member of next week's show. Okay, I can't read this. This is not English or not good grammar. And this person says, uh, 8 out of 10. And another person says, show was all right. Worst part was the rap. <laughs> and as far as the YouTube live poll does go, 69% liked the show, 26% thought it was just all right, and 4% did not like it. So with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petkin underscore 21. And you can also, fo- you can also <laughs> find me over at Twitch at Petke. With that, guys, I want to say have a great rest of your Wednesday night. Have a great rest of your week. Um, Friday. I have to take my daughter to the doctor Friday morning. Her doctor's appointment's at like 8.30 in the morning. So I should be home in time to do the wrestling wrap-up at the normal time, like between 11 and 12 Pacific. But I will keep you guys updated if the doctor's appointment gets pushed long and I got to do the wrap-up late or maybe scrap the wrap-up. So I will keep you guys updated Friday morning on if and when I do the wrestling wrap-up just because I have to take my daughter to the doctors. So I'll keep you guys informed on that one. And then we'll be back talking SmackDown Friday evening. So have a great rest of your week, guys, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.